Well, welcome everybody to Downtown Harbor Church. If it is your first time here, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor. Appreciate you guys coming on out. We are continuing this series that we are calling Level Up. This term, Level Up, originated in the video game community, kind of hence the graphics, but recently it's gone mainstream. And this term, Level Up, kind of means like taking control of your life. It's, it's, it's changing the way that you think. It's, it's a shift in your mindset to become a better version of ourselves. So why are we talking about leveling up? Well, just before Christmas, Gallup released a brand new poll that said Americans are now reporting mental health at a new low. And it said that the average American adult, uh, 31% of them, would rank their mental health as excellent. Now, when this question was first asked in 2004, that number was 51%. That's a 20-point drop in almost 20 years. Now, what's to blame? They say COVID, inflation, wars, you know, but whatever the case, this declining trend in mental health is concerning. Now, whether it's global issues, national issues, personal issues, I think if we're being honest, a lot of us are just not in a good place. And the truth is God does not want us to live that way. In fact, Jesus himself said this, I have come so they may have life, and I want them to have it in the fullest possible way. And I want that. And I have to imagine that's what you want as well. But here's the deal. we got to do our part. Jesus doesn't just you know, wave his magic wand and you've got the best life possible. We have to grab hold of God's promises. And so over the course of this series, we're going to take a look at areas in our life that I think we need to level up in. We're going to look at behaviors and attitudes and mindsets that I think are negatively impacting our mental health. And then we're going to find out what Scripture has to say about leveling up. Right, about having a more positive attitude, a more godly attitude. To recap where we've been, if it's your first time here, in week one, Adam, our volunteer coordinator, talked to us about complaining because it's just what we do. It's kind of human nature to complain. As someone from the Northeast, New Jersey, we've really you know, made it an art form. We're excellent at it. We kind of live to complain about things. And so Adam issued what he called the complaining challenge, and that was to try to go one week without complaining. I didn't make it out of the parking lot that day. But, you know, we're all working on it, trying to be better versions of ourselves. Last week, we talked about optimism. And I said that for Christians, optimism, or spiritual optimism, as I called it, is this ability for us to have an unwavering expectation that God is at work in every situation for our future good. And we made our way through Romans chapter 8, just looking at all the ways and all the reasons why we can be optimistic. Today what I want to do is I want to almost build on last week, and I want to talk to you guys about encouragement. Because when we're talking about the decline in mental health, so much of this really revolves around discouragement. I mean, it is so easy to become discouraged. You turn on the news, discouraged, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's depressing. You go on social media, okay? It's, it's arguing or, or bragging, or you make a presentation at work, right? And the boss is like, mm, not really what I was expecting. I got to be honest with you. Or you're trying to raise a baby, or you're trying to raise a family, and you know, and everybody just has an opinion. Everybody just criticizing what you do. My hypothesis is this: if we can begin to harness the power of encouragement, not only can we remove the power of those discouraging voices, whether they're on the inside or the outside, but we can also begin to have a profound impact on the people around us. Let's kind of jump in. I want to show you something Paul says that will sort of set the tone for the day. He's talking about a story here. He goes, you know, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. How many of you feel 
like that right now. You're just, you're going and going and going and going and going, and there's just, there's never any rest. Maybe it's work, maybe it's at home, maybe it, you know, you've got a brand new baby, maybe you're trying to raise teenage babies, maybe you've got two jobs, but whatever the case may be, there's just no rest, and you're depleted. Paul goes on, he says, we faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. I want to pull this out and just look at it because I think it's so profound. Battles on the outside, fear on the inside. How many of you would honestly say, you know what, this is, this is my life right now. I, I got so many battles going on. I didn't expect it. I didn't see them coming. And if I'm honest with you, I'm afraid of what's going to happen next. I've got battles on the outside. I got fear on the inside. And I'm tired. And there is no rest. Watch what he says next. But God, there's nothing better in Scripture than when you read something that is negative and scary and it is immediately followed with, by God. You got battles all around you. You got fear up all in you. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. We worship a God who loves to encourage those who are discouraged. How did God encourage Paul? He sent Titus. And when Titus showed up with his encouraging words, he changed Paul's life and he filled him with joy. Based on what we see here, what I want to do for the remainder of our time is I want to show you three ways that you can level up your encouragement game so that you can help other people like Titus and, and you'll see this at the very end, help yourself. So the first thing that we want to do is we want to learn how to encourage others daily. Why is this so important? It's important because the voices of discouragement are so real and so constant. The author of Hebrews says, uh, but encourage one another daily. Not every so often, not here and there, daily. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that, here's the reason why, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does sin do? Sin lies. Sin distracts. Sin kills. Sin tears down. Sin tells you what you don't have. Sin tells you that you can never be happy. Sin tells you that you will never measure up. And that is why, Paul is saying, every single day, we should be a tool of God and be a voice of encouragement for the people around us. A few years back, Homeland Security came up with this kind of motto, if you will. And I was reminded of it this week. I was actually listening to a New Jersey radio station, and they played this advertisement. But the motto is this. You're going to recognize it. If you see something, say something. You know this, right? You're at the airport. You hear this. If you see something, say something. Now, while this is talking about suspicious activity, I actually thought this is a great reminder of what Paul was talking about in this verse. If you see something in someone's life that is worthy of praise and worthy of encouragement, say it. If you see something, say something. Never rob someone of that blessing. Anytime you see something good, say it and turn it into a gift of encouragement. And one of the strange things about encouragement is that we actually tend to be the least encouraging to those closest to us, to those that, that, that we love the most. Now, that's not to say that we are discouraging. I'm not saying that. But we just don't seem to be encouraging. For example, you should be a voice of encouragement for your spouse. Now, I don't know if you know this, but your spouse is a real person, okay? And they are getting beaten down by the world just as much as you are. And they could benefit from your encouragement. 
So do you recognize what they do around the house? Do you recognize what they do for your family? Or do you just take it for granted? I mean, you might feel it and think it, but do you say it? See, that's what's so important. Imagine what your relationship would be like if you began to praise and encourage your spouse. Furthermore, you should be a voice of encouragement for your kids. Educators will tell you that the average teenager hears one word of affirmation for every seven words of criticism. They will tell you that one cannot over-affirm a middle schooler. My daughter, Charlotte, is only 14 months old, but I consistently tell her, you are brilliant all the time, every day. You're so strong. You're the best dancer. She really is the best dancer, right? I kind of sound like Viola Davis. You was smart. You was kind. You was important, right? But I firmly believe that if you want to see a person succeed and become the best version of themselves, you have to encourage them consistently and daily. I love what the author of Hebrews says. He goes, let us consider thoughtfully. Another translation says, let us think of ways of how we may encourage one another. Imagine just sitting around, thinking of ways to encourage the people around you. One of the ways that I personally love to encourage other folks is through what I'll call specific compliments. This is kind of what I do. If I see that you've made like a choice in your life, right? A decision, and it's working for you. I'm going to compliment it. For example, you got a new haircut. Uh, you know, you got a new outfit. You're trying, you know, I like to bring attention to it. I like to compliment it because I just think that's an encouraging thing to do. For example, a few weeks back, my wife and I, we were at dinner and the waitress was wearing a really nice perfume. Not like what Adam wears and stings your nostrils. Like it's very nice. Per <laughs> you've, you've been aware of that. It was a very pleasant, lovely smell. And, and, you know, halfway through the meal, she comes over to refill my glass of water for like the 19th time. I say, let me stop you. What perfume are you wearing? It smells lovely. And her face lit up. And she's like, thank you so much. You know, uh, it's Dream by Coach. I think that's what she said. Now, my wife wanted to die of embarrassment. Okay, literally wanted to crawl under the table. But it put a smile on this girl's face. Another example, back in Thanksgiving, I was over in Naples at my parents' house. And again, my wife and I were there and we were sitting by their pool when out of nowhere, and I say out of nowhere, like this pool guy comes around the side of the house that no one would ever come from and he shows up out of nowhere. And let me just tell you this. This guy was massive, okay? I'm talking bodybuilder big, right? All tanned up, tight shirt, muscles rippling with the whole nine yards. So as someone who likes to give very specific compliments, I say to this man, with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality, I say, nice calves. <laughs> I said this to an, uh, my wife has still not like, recovered from this moment. Now, I don't know if this is encouraging or sexual harassment, but I'm gonna let God sort that out, all right? That's, that's his problem. Now, here's the point. These are just the little things that we can be doing to encourage folks around. When you see something, you say something. Nice calves, looking good, bud. Okay, now, second thing. We wanna encourage daily, we wanna also encourage folks spiritually, right? We want to say, hey, your new house is great. I love what you've done. Your new haircut, really nice, nice perfume. Good job on that project. You're doing a great job as a mom or dad, but we don't want to stop there. We want to let God take our words of encouragement and transform them into spiritual encouragement when it's appropriate. Paul uh, says this in Romans 1. He says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. 
For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. This should always be our goal as Christians. Whenever we are around other believers, we want to help them grow strong in the Lord. We want to be we want to strengthen their faith. We want our words to add meaning and value to their life. He continues. He says, when, um, oh, and we lost him. Pull it up on my phone. This happened last service. We lost it. Hold on, folks. I do not have scripture memorized. I wish I did. Stand by. When we get together, I want to encourage your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Paul is saying, when I'm around you, I want to I encourage you spiritually, but I also want you to build me up. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. One of the best ways to encourage others spiritually, it's down again, one, build others encourage spiritually is to volunteer. Is it up? Volunteer. Scripture says that iron sharpens iron. Now, that's an analogy. And it means that when Christians are together, when they encourage one another, they can spur one another on to become better versions of themselves. This is one of the main reasons that we push volunteering so hard at this church. It's not that we need you to fill a role. It's because we know for a fact that when you serve alongside other believers, it can have a profound impact on your life. Now, chances are you are not being spiritually encouraged at work. Right? I doubt your boss is kind of coming into your room, knocking on the door. Hey, great job on that report. God is really using you. Now, if that is happening, that's great, but I doubt it is. But volunteering is a phenomenal opportunity where you can be around other people who can build you up and strengthen you, and you can strengthen others. Now, here's the best news of all. Spiritual encouragement doesn't take much work. It just takes follow-through. The other week, I heard a young girl, and she was praying. And her words just touched me. i got to be honest with you. I just, when she was praying, something, there was something special about this prayer. And so I just texted her later on. I go, hey, you have the gift of prayer. Boom, done. Took two seconds, right? Very easy to do. But it's just an opportunity to spiritually encourage somebody else. Every time I step off this stage, almost without fail, there is an encouraging text message waiting on this phone from one of our members. Took her almost no time at all to send it. But it means the world to me. Right? We want to spiritually encourage the folks around us. And lastly, we want to encourage ourselves in the Lord. At one point in King David's life, Old Testament character, at one point in King David's life, things were going really badly. And he was totally stressed out. And he was at his wit's end. And the people around him were plotting to kill him. And there was trouble on the outside. And there was fear on the inside. But, we read, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. When there is trouble on the outside, when there is fear on the inside, sometimes the best course of action is to encourage yourself in the Lord. How do you, how do, you do that? Well, you've got to remind yourself of God's promises. You actually have to preach to yourself. You remind yourself, okay, if my God is for me, who can be against me? Right? Okay. If my God, my God is working all things together on my behalf, you will learn that last week. Right? Because of Christ, I am more than a conqueror. You preach to yourself and you build yourself up in Christ. I got a per couple of personal favorites that I, I love to lean on. One of my favorites is Isaiah 40. He says this, Even the youths shall be exhausted, and the young men will all give up. But 
They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And I'm encouraged. And I feel strengthened by the Lord. Hanging above my desk in my office is what is now my life verse. I don't know if you have a life verse. I never thought I'd be the guy that had a life verse. I got a life verse now. And this life verse is a constant source of encouragement when I get anxious about ministry. This is my job. I don't know if you get anxious about your job. Now, this verse also comes from King David, but much earlier in his life when he was just a young shepherd. And you might know the story. He famously fights this giant named Goliath. Now, the king of Israel, Saul, goes to him and asks him, why do you have such confidence that you think that you can win against this, this giant when the entire army is scared to go out there. And he says this, and this is what's hanging above my desk. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. He didn't encourage himself by saying, you got this, David, right? Look at himself in the mirror. He didn't walk on that battlefield and pound his chest and say, I'm the man. I could do this. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And he knew that because God had been with him, that God would be with him. And I can just tell you this, whenever I get stressed out during the week, because I don't know what to preach to you guys, it happens pretty much every Monday, okay? If I, whenever I get anxious before stepping on this stage, I encourage myself in the Lord and I say lions and bears, just like that, lions and bears. And I know, and I know, and I know that my God will be with me. So let's recap today. When the voices of discouragement get too loud, what do you do? When you've got trouble on the outside and fear on the inside, what do you do? You embrace the truth that our God is a God who loves and longs to encourage his children who are discouraged. And as God starts to encourage you spiritually, you pass on that blessing. You become a gift to the people around you, and you encourage others daily. Why? Because every single person you meet is battling something, whether you know it or not. And because we need encouragement, because I need encouragement, I'm going to give encouragement. And every time we see something, we're going to say something. Then we're going to encourage spiritually. We're going to take the time to say something that will strengthen them in their faith and build them up in the Lord. And maybe through a phone call that you might make or through a text message, they might see you as Paul saw Titus, as a gift from God, as encouragement from the Lord. And then when you get down, you got to do something spiritual, and you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. you got to preach to yourself, all right? You've got to remind yourself of God's power and goodness and purpose in your life, and you're going to find the strength to press on. So what's the practical? What do you do with a message like this? If it is your first time here at Downtown Harbor Church, every single week we throw this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what you heard. Today, I want to do something different. I want to wrap up today by telling you an incredibly personal story that I've actually never told publicly. I've told a couple of folks, but never publicly. But I feel like today is a day because it just lines up with what we've been talking about. Twelve years ago, I got my first job in ministry. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I did not know what I was doing at all. 
all the other pastors, including Adam, worked with Adam, all the other pastors had just tremendous confidence. They just, they just knew what they were doing. It just, there's, but I was a mess. And I just kept telling myself, that discouraging voice, I kept telling myself, you don't know what you're doing. You are out of your league. People think you're an idiot. I was an anxious mess. Now, my old church put on this tremendous Christmas pageant, really phenomenal. Every night before the show, my job was to go on stage and to speak to the cast. And that was a nightmare for me. Okay, you see me doing this now? Well, it was not like that back then. It was a nightmare for me. And every night, I would just pray to God, God, please, please, do me a favor, would you? Allow me to put just two sentences together so that I don't embarrass myself. Now, thank God I was able to make people laugh at me. But on the inside, I was falling apart. That wasn't until one night when God sent someone to me, and her name was Ava. I didn't know Ava. She did not go to this church. She was not a member of this church. She was not in this pageant. She was actually hired by the catering company to come and serve popcorn in the green room to the, to the cast. And one night, God brought Ava and me together. And she encouraged me in such a profound and specific way that I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was a messenger from God. I knew. Not only did she prophesy about things that would happen in my life, which have since happened, she reached into the depths of my heart and put her finger on the exact fears that I was having. Now, I'm not going to share the details of that conversation because it's just too long. But when she was done encouraging me, she said something that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And in fact, I went home that night and wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I never forgot it. Word for word, this is what she said to me 12 years ago. She says, you needed someone to tell you. Folks, I put on a good front, okay? No one. I mean, no one, no one, no one knew the struggles that I was having. But God knew. And God wanted to encourage me. And Ava said, you needed someone to tell you. Then she said something fascinating. She says, sometimes people need to hear wisdom from particular people. And what she said next to this day still gives me goosebumps. You needed to hear this from a black woman from the island. Paul needed Titus. I needed Ava. Now, why did I need, as she put it, a black woman from the islands to change my life? I don't know. To this day, I think about it, and I still don't know, but God knew. He knew what he was doing, and he sent Ava, and she listened, and she responded to God. And to this day, when I find myself struggling in ministry, I think back to when God used Ava to encourage me, which tells me this. You might be the vessel that God is looking for. Who in your life, come on, who in your life do you need to encourage? Speak up. Say something. You could be the one they need to hear from. You may be the very person that God can use to change the direction and the quality of their life. If you see something, say something. Never rob someone from the gift of encouragement. 
Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we come together today and talk about a tool that every single one of us has at our disposal to touch the lives of those around us and to touch our own lives as well. And I pray, God, that you would empower us by the power of the Holy Spirit to do just that. Help us, God, to encourage daily those in our lives. Help us, God, daily, if possible, to encourage other believers spiritually to strengthen their faith, to sharpen them, Lord, to help be a tool of yours to make them the very best possible version of you. And I pray that those of us in this room who are discouraged, Lord, and that number might be way higher than I think, God. But I pray that we might be able to fall back on your promises, to preach to ourselves, to know that you are with us, you are for us, you will never leave us, and that we may strengthen and encourage ourselves in the Lord. We ask all of this in Jesus' precious and powerful name.